was the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Squeak. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that Saint Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama, in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon, on the breast of the new-fallen snow, gave the luster of midday to objects below. When, what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, he whistled and shouted and called them by name. No dancer, no dancer, no prancer, vixen, on comet, on cupid, donder, and blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my hand and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry, and his droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. (laughs) He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. (laughs) He was chubby and plump. (laughs) A right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew, like the down 
of a fifthle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. From St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Twas the Night Before Christmas. Poem by Clement Clark Moore. The production was produced by, performed by, and under the supervision of Jonathan Ganteran. folks it's your chuckle buddy Kiss who? Jonathan James Ramcharan reporting live for duty on this magnificent December 9th in the year of our Lord 2019 welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan the podcast get your shoes shined up boy boy Ooh, I'm gonna run you ragged boy gonna make you sweat gonna make you earn every drop today boy Boy, fetch my riding crop, boy. There was a time in which I could have had you shot. They call me Mr. Tibbs. <coughs> Wagwan, folks, what's happening? Episode number 104. This is our two-year anniversary of... Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Woo! Going up! Yeah. Two years deep in the podcasting game. Now, vodcasting game. Hallelujah. Blessed. I remember when the podcast was just a little glint in my eye, a little gleam in my eye, and here we are. 104 episodes, two years of service. What have I learned? Funny you should ask. Um, I've been reflecting on what I've learned as a podcaster, vodcaster, these past two years. And the two main things that I have garnered from this experience has been self-reliance and um, confronting anxiety. Yes, the gift of self-reliance and the gift of um, confronting anxiety. Yeah. So like, to begin with, self-reliance, you know, 
it's strange. It takes you, it can take some time in life to develop self-reliance. Some of it is action. Some of it is mental. It's like a combination. So it's like, for example, in my life, I've always been very self-reliant, but mainly in action. I just had to. I grew up poor, so if I needed anything, I had to get it. I had to get a paper route. I had to deal with, um, you know, the hiccups. Uh, yeah. The hiccups of growing up uh, kind of more or less, you know, on your own to an extent. Of course, I had a family. I had a mother. I had siblings. Father was absent. But I, <clears throat> pardon me, I grew up pretty much as poor as you can in North America, Canada slash United States. You know, Mexico is a whole other story. Um, there's some real disparity there from what I've heard. But I've pretty much came up as poor as you can in North America via Canada, US, as I am a Canadian, right? So I had to be very self-reliant, but more so in action, you know, get a job, make money, pay for this, pay for that, cover this, cover that. Oh no, I got to, you know, I don't really know what I want to do with my future and I hate school, but you know, instead of dropping out, I'll just bumble my way through it, stumble my way through it. Yes, 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 yes. I'm a fucking yes man. Everything is yes, 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 yes. Right? And just using my hands and just, you know, action. But a lot of my self-reliance was never using the old noggin, right? Mental. You got to be a little bit mental in your self-reliance. You got to be mentally self-reliant. And that's what the podcast has taught me. It's like, you know, make your own moves. Make your own grooves. It's yours to choose. So I'm sounding like a cheesy 90s rap song, but yo, it's blessed. And that's what it is. Self-reliance. And, um, you know, it's a combination of the mental, you know, and the physical. You know, you have to be mentally focused to be reliant upon yourself. And you have to put your thoughts in action. Yeah. And the second part of my journey and my learning curve two years with Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, the second thing I learned was um, <coughs> blanking out. What was it? Um, anxiety. Yeah. Confronting anxiety. Now, there are some hiccups, bumps and scrapes, and um, peaks and valleys in my past. And through it all, at some point in my life, I started to develop what I call anxiety. I never really got diagnosed. I don't think it's something that you can. For me personally, it's not about being professionally diagnosed. It's about recognizing the triggers and the little hiccups that I was dealing with. And there were times in my life when I was very up against the wall, making wrong decisions, far from myself, far from my spirit, far from my higher power, you know? And I started to develop kind of a anxiety, 
You know, my nickname used to be Noisy. Noisy? You know, when I was a little kid, you know, my nickname was Noisy for a minute. Because, like, I was always, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what, hey, what, who, what, where, when, why, how? Like, I wanted to know everything. I was, like, up in everything. I was in everybody's business. I was so social. I was so talkative. I was, like, mm, like, a very social being. And as life wore upon me, <laughs> as I wore upon myself, I got further and further away from you know, that connectivity, you know, between people and myself and my higher calling and my spirituality. And I kind of became susceptible to the way of the world. Cynicism. Cynicism is the definition. uh, To define cynicism, it's the belief that people are motivated by self-interest. You know, I started to really kind of take a cynical worldview and I started to isolate and my anxiety grew. My anxiety just started to grow and grow and grow. And what is the definition of what is the definition of anxiety? Let me tell you. The definition of anxiety pull out my fucking dictionary here. Uh, anxiety. Mental uneasiness Caused by fear, as of danger. A state of apprehension and psychic tension occurring in some forms of mental disorder. Yeah. So, you know, you start getting this mental fear, you know. Everybody's against you. Everybody's against me. Oh, what a cynical worldview. Fuck everybody. I woke up screaming, fuck the world, you know. You take a cynical worldview and, you know, what I've learned through the course of these two years of podcasting, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, episode number 104, I've been coming out of my shell, coming out of my anxiety and being, being a person of my time, being a person in the world and you know, taking charge of meeting life on life's terms, living life on life's terms. Major, right? Like, wherever you look, there's always some cause of anxiety if you're susceptible to it. And one thing I learned is, you know, through the journey of the podcast, like sometimes we come, we come part to mentalize. That's a mouthful. Sometimes we compartmentalize in life, you know? This is my lane. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is my responsibility. That's their responsibility. Compartmentalization. You know, you're like a fucking robot. And Autobot. And like, yo, sometimes you just got no patience for a motherfucker, right? I was crossing the street today. Crossing the street. I got the green light. This truck speeds up and he wants to bust a left, right? And he speeds up and he looks at me and he flings his arm up in the air like as if it's my fault. I got the green light. I'm the pedestrian. I'm the one walking here. I'm walking here. You know? Anxiety. 
mental fear. And, you know, it can be an ugly feeling when you catch some anxiety from somebody else. And then you kind of want to throw the anxiety back. Or you just want to block it all out and say, fuck everybody and not deal with it. But as I said, coming out of my isolation, meeting life, living life on life's terms. Not afraid to, you know, roll up the old sleeves and get dirty, you know. And as I mentioned, compartmentalization, compartmentalizing things, you start to, you know, you start to really take note of what you should or shouldn't have, what you should or shouldn't be dealing with when it's like, yo, whatever comes at me, that's my life. That's my responsibility. It's all a part of my day. Sometimes you're rushing to the bank, you're rushing to the grocery store, and it's like, my day's over, I just want to get home and do whatever I got to do, and I don't, I don't have time for anybody, and I'm just anxious, and I want to get, it's like, yo, whatever comes across my path is a part of my life, is a part of my day, and I meet it head on, and um, free of anxiety. So yes, that's the blessing of my two years on Jonathan Ramtran the podcast. Self-reliance and confronting anxiety. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Wagwan. Job bless. So, yo, if you are new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. 18 years of service. Diploma in theater arts. Um, you know, I was thinking this past... Um, you know, couple days. You heard me crooning off the top there, right? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. You know, singing, lyrics, those are very vital in the um, world of acting. Yeah, because, um, you know, if you can use music to heighten a mood, right? Like you see a film and sometimes what really captures the spirit of a moment is the the score the underscoring the music the lyrics right some people love musicals hello my baby hello my darling hello my ragtime yeah you know sometimes people like that type of shit you know music lyrics they definitely add to um acting because what acting basically is is um a heightened version of storytelling and what is storytelling? It is, yes, basically telling a story, but it's also capturing mood, capturing feel, you know, capturing nuance. And lyrics definitely help with that, you know. And um, I really love that Christmas song. I think it's Wham. Yeah. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you gave it away. It really paints a picture, right? We've all been in that situation, right? You got some messy breakup, you know, you got all these resentments. It's Christmas time, you're broke ass, you know, you're feeling lousy, shiftless, rotten, spineless, bubble guppy, good for nothing, rotten, crummy. You know, you're just feeling like a fucking dog's breakfast. You get invited to you get invited you get invited to some stupid fucking Christmas party. And you shuffle your ass down there just to save face. You see all these fair weather friends and they're all gathered around, you know, eating fucking candy canes and God knows what, slopping back the fucking lasagna, you know, the fucking, you know, 
baklava, all the little goodies that these morons brought to their dumbass Christmas party, standing there in their ugly sweatshirts. You're just staring at these fucking dummies. Then through the room, through the room, you see your ex, you know. There he or she is with their new spouse, partner. You see them, you know, and you're stuck in all these dumbass conversations. Oh, 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 did you try the new chip dip? Oh, 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 oh did you try Candace's um, baked turnips? Oh, 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 you're stuck in all these dumb, god-awful conversations. Finally, you can't fucking take it no more. You wade your way through the fucking sea of humanity. You walk up to your ex, right? You look, hey, I got to talk to you for a second. You know, then their spouse tries to play cute, right? Tries to play the fucking, um, you know, assertiveness card. I'm Mr. Assert- assertiveness. Sticks his hand out at you. Oh, hello there, Jonathan. How are you? Yeah, fucking can it, dog. All right, back the fuck up. Get the fuck up out my face. I want to talk to my ex-girlfriend. Jonathan, stop it. Stop it. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and listen. I got something to say, all right? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, you gave it away, gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special, special. Fuck all y'all motherfuckers. And you grab your plate of cookies. You brought a plate of cookies over trying to be fucking cute. Trying to be a part of the party. You brought a plate of cookies. You take your cookies back. I'm taking my cookies. I'm leaving this fucking party. Fuck all y'all motherfuckers. You yank your cookies off the fucking counter and you take them home with you. (laughs) So that's what lyrics can do. They can really heighten a, uh, a story. Right? Hallelujah. And a quick addendum on the actor tip. Uh, You know, I was talking last episode about inspiration, keeping inspired as an actor. And I had briefly mentioned Al Pacino, my favorite actor. And um, I had mentioned he directed a documentary. Um, It's actually called Looking for Richard. Great documentary by um, Al Pacino, chronicling his times in the theater, you know, Al Pacino's a raging thespian. So looking for Richard chronicles his times in the theater, playing Richard III, arguably Shakespeare's uh, greatest villain. So the name of the documentary, again, is Looking for Richard. Yeah, I accidentally called it Finding Richard. But, you know, looking for Richard, Al Pacino. You know something? You're all a bunch of assholes. Because you don't have the guts to be who you want to (laughs) be. You want to point your fucking fingers and say, there goes the bad guy. What does that make you good? You're no good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I always tell the truth, even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. You're never going to see another bad guy like this again, let me tell you that. I told you once, Tony, a long time ago, don't fuck me, you little monkey. Who are you calling a monkey, huh? Who are you calling a monkey, huh? You want to go to war, huh? You want to go to war? Who are you calling a monkey, huh? (laughs) Yeah. 
Al Pacino. And again, if you ever want to check out a great documentary, directed by him actually, for a little inspiration, for a little insight into acting, for a little insight into Shakespeare, definitely check out Al Pacino, Looking for Richard. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor. I am also an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah. Three years of consecutive, consistent sobriety. If you should need some sobriety, some sobriety, recovery in your life, ladies and gentlemen, please. I suggest perhaps trying what I did. What I did was I joined a 12-step program that's nothing official, no dues, no fees, no emphasis on religion. This is a community-based 12-step recovery. And basically, these are meetings you can attend all over the world. That's how far the program reaches. There's programs all over the world. You can attend these meetings. um, And you get to share on your issues pertaining to your recovery. And then you get to listen from others. You get to listen from others. Hear what they have to say. And through that, you become a part of a community. You come out of your isolation. As I mentioned, sometimes when you're, um, you know, live in a very kind of self-centered existence, you can be anxious, you can be self-centered, you can isolate. Alcoholism is definitely isolating, self-centered type of behavior, very antisocial. So you get integrated into community in a meaningful way. And day by day, your days add up. Then one day, you find yourself in a new life. You know? Hollering at the top of your lungs about, you know, Al Pacino and fucking Christmas cookies and uh, Christmas parties. And, you know, it's blessed. And Christmas time, definitely one of those seasons where people are easily triggered. A lot of different feelings come up surrounding family, friends, uh Loved ones, spouses, co-workers, you know, there's a lot of triggers during this time of year. Everything's kind of quiet, cold, closed up for the year. Seasons are, uh, the season has come to a close. The year has come to a close. So, you know, there's definitely some idle time, right? And, um, you know, it's good to, you know, keep your eyes focused to you know, perhaps a sober 2020, if that's what you should need, right? So definitely keep that in mind if you're, if you're out there and you're struggling. Try a 12-step program. It helped, you know? You know, when I was at the end of my rope, I tried everything, you know? Like, uh, I was trying all sorts of different avenues of recovery. I even turned to Dr. Phil in my lowliest hour, right? You know, I'd rush home from work, crack a beer, you know? You know, smoking joints, you know, chain smoking cigarettes, I turn on Dr. Phil, you know, and I'm watching Dr. Phil, you know what your fucking problem is, you got a bad fucking attitude, buddy, you got no accountability, you're anxious, it's like, you know, you're marching to the beat of your own drum, you're drinking yourself to death, I'm like, I'm sorry, Dr. Phil, save me, I'm such a fucking idiot, I'm sorry, help me, (laughs) And, um, you know, there are all sorts of different methods 
of recovery. And to be honest, Dr. Phil is a great source of information. I love him. Thanks, Jonathan. No problem, Dr. Phil. And, uh, you know, I love Dr. Phil. I love, um, you know, the four agreements uh, by, I believe, um, what's his face? Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe the guy's name is. The Four Agreements, that book helped me a lot. So did um, The Power of Positive Thinking, that book helped me a lot too. And 12-Step Recovery. So there are all sorts of avenues. And wherever you can get some information, definitely seek it out. Knowledge is power. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, alcoholic. I am also a janitor... I'm talking mop buckets, slop buckets, toilets, tampons, urinals, parking lots, you know. I push a little mop bucket and I dip the water in the, in the, <laughs> I dip the mop in the mop water and I mop the floor, you know, you know, it's all good. Push a little garbage trolley, you know, washing windows like an asshole, You know, vacuuming. You know, it's blessed. It's blessed. Jobless. Um, it's blessed. Uh, number one, uh, as I mentioned, I am a performer. I'm a two-year podcaster, vodcaster. I'm a actor, you know, and those are all things that require money. Yeah, uh, there's expenses that pop up as a performer. And my janitorial hustle affords me that luxury, you know. Um, you know, you need to, you know, I just recently picked up some new microphones for Jonathan Ramtran the podcast. Um, you know, cameras, lighting, equipment. Let's say I want to take a course for my acting. Let's say I want to take a trip. Maybe I want to go somewhere for some inspiration, you know, it's always nice to, you know, maybe, I don't know, go to New York, catch a Broadway play, hoof it down to fucking LA, you know, whatever, check out Hollywood, expenses come up and, you know, my janitorial hustle affords me that, so it's blessed, and also, um, idle hands are the devil's playground, <laughs> And um, when you're twiddling your thumbs and twiddly D, that's when all the negativity, the anxiety, the, the mental fear can really agitate you. And as a recovering alcoholic, you know, having a nine to five gig is key to keeping me on point. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of room for... Um, a lot of room for growth in my life. And that's what um, keeping focused helps me afford, you know? Like, the focus, and with that focus, I'm able to grow. And I'm very thankful for it. This janitorial hustle helps out. But I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's always some hiccups. Uh, yeah. There's always some hiccups, scrapes, bumps along the road as a janitor. Tis the season, and it is the janitor's Christmas ball. 
It's a special time of year as a janitor when we are celebrated for all our mopping, sweeping, dusting, shellacking, you know, that we do throughout the year. And we have a little um, staff Christmas party. Well, this year it was put to a vote. What type of um, food should be served at the 2019 Janitor's Christmas Ball Gala event? So there were three menu options, right? Chinese food, Portuguese food, or Italian food. Now, I'm a pescatarian. I don't eat um, meat. Like, I don't eat pig, pork, cow, duck. You know, like, (laughs) chicken. I don't eat that type of shit. What I do eat, though, is I eat, you know, vegetables, dairy, um, and fish. Right? And, you know, so those are the things that I eat. And, you know, I can't have certain types of food. So, you know, I'm like, okay, for the Christmas janitor's, the janitor's um, Christmas ball, I'll vote to have Italian food because it was going to be like pasta, some fish, which I eat, pasta, fish, potatoes, blah, blah, blah. Well, all the... All the janitors get to kabiking, and I'm telling you, it was a bit of a brouhaha. It was a bit of a kerfuffle. For example, it's always like day janitor versus night janitor, right? I'm on the day shift, and it's like the day shift is like beefing with the night shift, right? The supervisor for the day shift, you know, she's hell-bent on having Chinese food. She wants Chinese food. She's the supervisor, so I guess she thinks she makes all the orders, right? She makes all the decisions, right? She's like, you know, Jonathan, I don't, I don't want Italian food. I don't want Portuguese food, Jonathan. Jonathan, I, 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 all I eat is Portuguese food. I eat Portuguese food every day. I'm sick of Portuguese food. I want Chinese food. But what the hell you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do about it? You know, you're Portuguese. You know? But I'm sick of eating Portuguese food. All I eat is Portuguese food. What what do you want me to do about it? You are Portuguese. You know? No, Jonathan. Jonathan, vote for Chinese food. Jonathan, please, vote for Chinese food. So I got my fucking supervisor trying to sway my vote for the janitor's Christmas gala ball, you know? And I don't even eat Chinese food, you know? Like, as I mentioned, I can only have vegetables, fish... You know, dairy products. I can't be eating fucking ginger beef and fucking Szechuan beef and chicken balls, you know, and pork fried rice. Like, yo, I need some pasta, some fucking shrimp, something, right? But Jonathan, I'm sick of Chinese. I'm sick of Portuguese food. Oh, Jonathan, please. So she's like trying to sway my vote. And if it sounds like I'm making a big deal about this, well, you know, the janitor's Christmas ball only comes around once a year. And, you know, it's, you know, I want, I wanted Italian food, right? But through the um, politic of the workplace, I got my vote swayed. You know, they were like hounding me constantly. Jonathan, why are you voting for, Jonathan, come here for a moment. I'm looking at the at the voting list and Jonathan you voted for Italian food but we want the Chinese food 
So like they wanted to swing my vote. So, you know, I shouldn't really make such a big deal about it. After all, it is Christmas. But it's also kind of hypocritical because like, yo, we hate each other. (laughs) Not me and the supervisor specifically, but you know what it is in the workplace. People are always beefing, right? There's always like commotion between coworkers, um, arguments, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like I mentioned, the warring factors, the warring factions, the warring factions of like day janitor, night janitor, were all at each other's throat. And there's just such hypocrisy where it's like, okay, well, you know, it's the time of year we come together. We have some Chinese food together and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but hey, whatever. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I just push my little mop bucket. You know, washing windows, you know, vacuuming, you know, my garbage trolley, and I just stay out of the bureaucracy, you know, I keep, I keep it simple, I try to keep the anxiety down, and you know, try to take a bit of a silver lining, because, you know, the janitor's Christmas ball only comes around once a year, so I might as well have a little fun, so what if I can't eat any of the fucking Chinese food, you know? So what if I have to sit there and chew on an ice cube while my fucking co-workers slop back this Chinese food? You know, so what? It's going to be a fun janitor's ball 2019, and I'm looking forward to it. So there you have it, folks. Janitor Ramcharan. Janitor. And last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Ten years of service, coming into my 11th year, Actually, I just passed my 11th year. Yeah, December 7th. December 7th, 2008 was my uh, beginning in the stand-up comedian realm. So yeah, 11 years, a stand-up comedian. And you know, 11 years of stand-up comedy, 2 years of podcasting, 18 years of acting... I got experience up the wazoo, and I got a lot to learn. And um, if you dip back in the lexicon of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, you know, I make little goofs, little jokes about, you know, being a janitor, being a drunk, you know, bumbling my way through life. And, you know, the podcast, I hope, is a relatable source of entertainment for anybody. You know, I'm talking about, um, you know, my life as a performer, my life as a janitor, my life as a recovering alcoholic. I'm talking about current events, pop culture, world events. So there is a relatable um, uh, element, I hope, to the show. And if I can be funny, entertaining, gregarious... Um, on topics such as urinals, urinal cakes, toilet, toilet bowls, toilet brushes, vacuuming, scrubbing, mopping, you know, janitor Christmas ball, fucking Chinese food, Christmas parties. If I can be funny and jovial along those lines, imagine what I can do when my comedy career really picks up, you know, and that's what I'm, you know, holding out for, you know what I mean, Um, 
ups and downs, smiles and frowns. I learned a lot in 2019 as a stand-up comedian. I produced my own comedy shows. That is Our Righteous Mike. That's a show that is um, that I produced in Toronto, Canada. Right now it's on hiatus, but you know, I produced some shows this year. I got on stage this year. I did podcasts this year. And all that makes me better as a stand-up comedian. And, you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And if I can do that and stay focused and driven, imagine what I can do when things really start picking up, right? Um, Because I'm in a place right now where it's like, okay, I got a lot of experience. And now I'm just looking for some growth. And I'm looking for better opportunities, And I'm taking it day by day, and I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get anxiety about it. I'm just going to keep going day by day. And after a while, those days will keep adding up. Hallelujah. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian. So there you have it, folks. Those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, Stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, Fresh off the heels of a new haircut. Um, You know, it's always a funny little fucking endeavor. Getting your haircut. I don't know if y'all go to black barbershops, but it always seems like a headache. I don't know if that's the same in white barbershops either, but... You know, fuck. You know... I think it's just a trade of barber in general. They're such blabbermouths. Every time you go to a fucking barber shop, it's, yo, yo, bro, you know, you just got to do your thing, bro. You just got to do your thing, bro. You know, that's what I'm doing, man. Cutting hair, making money, yo. I'm just cutting hair, making your mama. I'm just trying to do me, fam. I'm just trying to do my thing, yo. Cutting hair, making money, yo. I'm just trying to do me, fam, you know. I'm just trying to take care of me, yo. You know, job bless, yeah, you know, word bless, yeah, God bless, yeah, blah, 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 blah. What the bumble clot, blood clot hell are you gabbing about? Just cut my damn hair. You know? Every time you go into a fucking barbershop, it's always some fucking blah, 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 fucking getting waterboarded with fucking blah, 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 talking up your fucking ear every damn time you walk into a barbershop these days. Ugh. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Try not to think too much about it. You know? As a matter of fact, fuck it. <laughs> if you dip back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramcher and the podcast, there's been many um, episodes when I bitch and whine about my barber. I finally got a new barbershop. I like these guys. They're young. They're vibrant. They're enthusiastic. They do a good job. But they just sometimes they just talk too much. And as I mentioned, um, dealing with anxiety, dealing with... Um, meeting life on life's terms. You know, sometimes the sound of silence is such a beautiful sound. The sound of stillness, calm, collected, burping, excuse me. The sound of silence is so beautiful sometimes. And, you know, when you're running around on the daily grind, sometimes you just want to get things done as simply as put, as simply as possible. 
And that's what I mean with these barbershops sometimes. You just go in, it's a blah, 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 blah. Yo, bro, yo, fam, you know, no, just cutting hair, making money, yo. You do, you know, I'm just doing me, yo. I'm just doing me, yo, and blah, blah, blah. And yo, and things are looking big. Things are bigging up, bigger, bigging up in this fucking year. Blah, 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 blah. Holy fuck, right? But, um, you know, as I mentioned, moving along in my podcasting game, I'm definitely growing, meeting, meeting the challenges of anxiety. Because, like, for example, when I was getting my hair cut this past weekend, um, you know, I was next in line to get my hair cut. The barber's like, okay, yo, bro, you're next, man. I'm like, okay, word. I get up, right? And all of a sudden, this fucking dude pops up and goes, can I go? Can I go? Can I pay, can I pay you $10 to go ahead of you? He tried to pay me $10 to get ahead of me. And he tried to pay the barber $10 to get ahead of me in the haircut lineup. And it's like, like, yo, what are you saying? Like, what are you saying? That your your time is worth more than mine? Can you bud me in the lineup? And I made a mistake there. He didn't try to pay me. He was trying to pay the barber. He's like, yo, can I pay you $10 to jump in front of this guy? He's trying to bud in front of me, bribing the barber, bribing my barber, my hairstylist, bribing my hairstylist to jump ahead of me in the lineup. And it's like, yo, like, so what? Like, you're more important than me? Your time's more valuable? And these are small, minor things, but these are the things that can make a motherfucker lose their fucking mind. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. I'm about to go all out up in here, right? It's like any motherfucker who's lived a day in this world knows how a motherfucking lineup works. And I'm not talking about a lineup you know, as I am talking about barbershops, I'm talking about a lineup, you know, you are behind that person, that person's behind you, diddly dumb, single file, bonehead, so it really fucking rattled my cage, right, but, you know, like I said, learning how to deal with that fucking shit, you know, I wasn't gonna make a fucking mountain out of a molehill, I was just like, so I guess you're in a rush, huh? The guy's like, yeah. I was like, okay, fine, dude, go ahead. I just let the guy ahead of me because I felt the anxiety build up in me. I felt like, you know, all those feelings of self-importance, you know, I deserve to go next. It's all about me. What are you talking about? I'm the next one in the lineup. I felt the fucking urge come up in me. I was like, yo, it's the weekend. Calm the fuck down. If this fool needs to go, just let him go. And I was like, okay, dude, go. And I let the guy go. And I made a little mental note. You know, I got to learn how to engage more in those situations where it's like, hey, I didn't know it was a possibility. Somebody might try to jump ahead of me in a barbershop lineup. Now that I realize that they are truly that type of person in the world that are so dumb that they don't understand how a lineup works in a barbershop, I can be aware for next time that, hey, that might happen. And if it does, I can just turn and say, sorry, sir. No, I'm actually next instead of getting all worked up. I'm, I'm fucking wrapped tight, motherfucker. I am wrapped tight. Toy, like a toyga. I am fucking wrapped so it's like, sometimes I just need that. <sighs> 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 
breathe in, breathe out moment. I just need it sometimes, yo. But hey, blessed for the haircut. I think I look pretty good, you know. Not bad little haircut, so water off a duck's ass. But hey, yo, there's a lot going on in the world, as usual. And the latest news, the ongoing story of Donald Trump in the impeachment, it's now coming back to Canada, where I'm hailing out of. So this is the latest in the uh, Donald Trump scenario, saga. Let me tell you about it. So this is an article from the uh, Star Metro Toronto. This is from the weekend edition, December uh, 6th to 8th, 2019. All right. So check this out. Biden's campaign for U.S. president uses Trudeau in anti-Trump ad. My name's Justin Trudeau. Yes, I did once dress in blackface. It was a fucking Halloween party. It's no big deal. I'm here for you and your needs and your wants. I'm totally about you. My name's Justin Trudeau. Blackface. Anyway. Video combines the Trudeau recording with footage of leaders laughing. (laughs) A video of Justin Trudeau gossiping with other world leaders about Donald Trump is featuring in an advertisement for the U.S. president's leading political rival. The world is laughing at President Trump, (laughs) says the ad from former Vice President Joe Biden's campaign for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. They see him for what he really is, dangerously incompetent and incapable of world leadership. The video, captured during a reception at Buckingham Palace, shows Trudeau chatting with the President of France and the Prime Ministers of the United Kingdom and the Netherlands about Trump's long impromptu press conference, shot by the host broadcaster at this week's summit of NATO leaders. The video shows Trudeau most clearly at a distance, but fully facing the camera. I just watched, watched his team's jaw drop to the floor. Trudeau says in the recording, eyes wide in imitation. He later said he was talking about Trump's unexpected announcement that the United States will host the next G7 Leaders Summit at Camp David, an idea Trump had previously raised but not finalized. Biden's ad combines the recording of Trudeau with footage from a speech Trump gave to the United Nations, where leaders and diplomats in the General Assembly laughed when the president said, Almost no U.S. administration had ever accomplished as much as he did. (laughs) There are additional clips of him pushing past people at other events, awkwardly missing handshakes. Okay, get the fuck out of my way. Donald Trump coming through. Donald Trump coming through. Fake news. Get the fuck out of my way. (laughs) The world sees Trump for what he is, Biden says. As the advertisement ends, his voice laid over images of him with leaders, including Trudeau. Trump, uh, yeah, the ad was released late Wednesday on Twitter and by mid-morning Thursday had already been viewed more than 6 million times. 
Trump seemed to shrug, shrug off the recording of the other leaders in London as the NATO summit wrapped up, calling Trudeau two-faced. Justin Trudeau is two-faced, but also overall a good guy. Okay? Okay? His son, Donald Trump Jr., tweeted, As usual, at real, Donald Trump is 100% right. Fucking daddy's little fucking angel. Uh, along with one of the images of Trudeau in brownface. <laughs> yeah. So what? It was just a fucking party. I was having a little fun. Uh, Trudeau in brownface from when he was a teacher at a Vancouver private school. Those old pictures from various performances and costume parties haunted Trudeau. Uh, Trudeau's re-election effort when they emerged early this fall during the federal campaign. Trudeau acknowledged during the campaign that dressing up and darkening his skin the way he had was racist. I admit it, I was being a little racist. I was just in a bit of a racist mood. You know how it is when you're a swarmy fuck, son of a former prime minister. You know how it is when the world's your oyster. Sometimes you just get in a little bit of a racist mood. My name's Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Sometimes it's racist to dress up in blackface. It's hurtful. Trump sees Biden as such a political threat that he faces that he's faced that the that he's facing impeachment over a, a Trump sees Biden as such a political threat that he's facing impeachment over apparent attempts to get help from Ukrainian authorities to damage Biden's campaign and has reacted badly to having his dignity challenged. <clears throat> Canada, the United States, and Mexico are in delicate negotiations over new constitutional continental free trade deals, hoping to sand down rough edges that are keeping the Democrats, who currently control the United States House of Representatives, from allowing the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement to go to a ratification vote. Canadian priorities aren't central to the trouble, Legislators' concerns about Mexico's environmental and labor standards are, but impending the negotiations would be one easy way for Trump to seek satisfaction. And yada yada blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Yeah, <clears throat> the latest news: um, Trudeau appears in a Joe Biden, uh, ex Vice President Joe Biden, um, uses a clip of. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, um, you know, talking a little smack about uh, President Trump. And it's all just a fucking circus because that video that surfaced um, of Justin Trudeau, you know, our jaws dropped to the floor when fucking Donald Trump said what he said. Like that little video of his was shot at Buckingham Palace. A.K.A. Pedophile Palace. <laughs> Pedo Palace. Fucking Buckingham Palace. Fucking Prince Andrew's little fucking backyard. Like, holy fucking bumblecut fuck. Like, what in the hell? What a topsy-turvy world. These are the morons that are in control. You know what I mean? Alleged fucking pedophiles. Um, that queen. Whatever the fuck 
purpose she serves in the modern world. Um, you know, Donald Trump, Justin Trudeau. <sighs> Yo. Business is as usual. Bureaucracy. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just really waiting to see what happens with this impeachment. You know, it's going to be interesting. But um, I guess that's the latest. Joe Biden using a clip of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau bad-mouthing presidential president Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, it's coming close to the impeachment, you know, the, in the impeachment decision on the whole Donald Trump-Ukrainian scandal. And it's coming close to the vote for the 2020 presidential candidate in America. So mm, it's all food for thought. Just trying to be a person of my time, but it's all blah, blah, blah. Yeah, da, da. A fucking moron, an infant can understand this bullshit. They're gossiping and talking stuff about each other. And I'm not going to trade with Mexico because Me Mexico's icky. And da, 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 a fucking child can understand this bullshit. So, you know, fuck it, whatever. Fucking news. If Donald Trump has taught anything to anybody in this world, it's that it's all a bunch of horseshit, witch hunt, fake news, fake news. And that's really what it is. <laughs> so, whatever. Christmas is coming. Um, uh, I got a couple funny little stories I can share with y'all before I get out of here. Um, oh, I shouldn't have thrown that paper away just yet. Um, I do need it. Um, here's a funny little, um, story coming out of Canada. Um, so check this out. Toronto. This is from the, again, Metro Star newspaper, weekend edition, December 6th to 8th. All right, 2019. Peel officer loses pay for hockey game outburst. Fuck you looking at, eh? Fuck you looking at, eh? Off-duty cop pleaded guilty to, to discreditable conduct for incident at an Oakville ice rink. This article was by Louis Rosella. It started with a complaint about a penalty call during a hockey game. What ensued was a verbal and aggressive tirade at two referees at Canlan Ice Sports in Oakville that earned a Peel Region police officer a misconduct charge under the Police Services Act, a disciplinary hearing, and the forfeit of three days' pay for his off-duty actions. Fucking pig. <clears throat> Sorry, I love officers. Hey, they got a duty to uh, serve the public. Anyways, Constable Evan Del Cogliano, Constable Evan Del Cogliano, who has been with the force six years, is currently assigned to 21 Division, which covers Brampton and Mississauga, pleaded guilty to the discreditable conduct for the incident that occurred on November 7th, 20, November 7th and November 12th of last year at the popular Oakville Ice Rink. This is from last year? Holy fuck. It's still out to lunch, I guess. Of last year. Oh, well, uh, well, this year then, right? Who knows? That's what the article says. I don't know if that's a typo. But um, Officer Evan Del Cogliano pleaded guilty to discreditable, discreditable conduct for the incidents that occurred on November 7th and November 12th of last year 
at the popular Oakville Ice Rink. Del Cogliano played for two teams in the Adult Safe Hockey League, the Wheelers and the Booze Lightning, <coughs> the disciplinary hearing heard. During a tie game with the Wheelers on November 7th, a player of the officer team was called for a penalty and blah, 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 yada, yada, fucking yada. Too long-winded. Basically, this cop uh, screams at a referee, screams at like opposing team members, acts like a complete lunatic, makes threatening uh, remarks to the coach, sorry, to the referee, like, you want to take it outside, buddy? You want to meet me outside, eh? Hey, hey? This fucking disgruntled, crazy cop. He freaks out. He gets suspended for a game, three games, but yet he shows up. He shows up the very next game, despite uh, the suspension, and again has words with the referee, screaming, acting like a lunatic. And this is after the fact, like after the previous game where he blew up as well. So it's like he had all this time to decompress, think about the matter. He returns, acts like a complete bully, moron, retard all over again. And this is the person who was a law enforcement officer. And that's the type of vibe that people, those are the type of officers that people have no respect for. Because, yo, officers, police, they got a tough job. They deal with lies, corruption, abuse, um, violence, you know, they deal with a lot of horseshit on a daily basis. And as my man Al Pacino would say in uh, Sea of Love, Come the wet-ass hour, I'm everybody's daddy. Come the wet-ass hour, the police officers are your daddy. You know, you need, you need help, you call the cops, right? So it's like, I don't want to knock cops, but that's the type of fucking pig that fucking people can't stand. You know what I mean? That's the type of officer that, you know, gives good cops a bad name. Gives the public a reason to um, lose faith. Like freaking out and threatening the referee in front of his co-workers. It was like a, it was a cop-friendly hockey game. It was like, you know, it was a cop hockey team. Police officer hockey team, I believe. So it's like, yo, like... You're going to act like a lunatic in front of your co-workers? Fellow police officers? What are you going to do to the general public? So anyways, I hope they fucking... This bozo, he got suspended with... Uh, he pleaded guilty. He's suspended. He's been docked a day's pay. Some other bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I don't care to read. But the more important thing is it's just like... Wow. Just another um, story of police lunacy in Ontario so going forward in 2020 I'm hoping to see some major changes man it's been a tough year there was that poor young black kid who got his eye beaten out his eye beaten out by um some cop um police shootings this that and the other Hmm. I don't know but hey it's food for thought Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What is your thought on the whole police situation? What is their duty to the public? And should that type of behavior be tolerated? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, oh, yes. And before I get out of here, uh, here's a funny fucking story as well. Santa's coming to town. Check this. Um, meet Toronto's Black Santa. What you talking about, Willis? Meet Toronto's Black Santa. This is from ctvnews.ca. Okay. Article by Corey Baird. Santa Claus is renowned... Santa Claus is a renowned globetrotter, a worldly man if there ever was one. But a group of East Toronto residents say his image has truly never reflected the diversity of his travels. From this idea, a new holiday tradition was born, and for the second year in a row, Alistair Thomas, a graphic designer based out of Scarborough, (laughs) was transforming himself into the self-proclaimed Black Santa. This is one of those opportunities you can't pass up, Thomas said, speaking to CTV News Toronto. When you're given an opportunity to meet people, kids, you can't pass it up. When you're given an opportunity to meet kids, you can't pass it up? Okay. On Saturday, Thomas' appearance at... On Saturday, Thomas's appearance at Old's Cool General Store in East York, saw lineups that stretched onto the street for a solid three hours. People are really thirsty to see themselves and to see diversity, Zara Dahana said, the store owner, the store owner who came up with the idea of Black Santa last year. <laughs> she saw Thomas, a longtime friend, as a natural fit for the role of Jolly Man in the Red Suit. Gone is the fluffy white beard, replaced by a gold garland necklace and dreadlocks. <laughs> but Thomas's connection with children, like that of his traditional Santa counterpart, is universal. He's really cool, seven-year-old Kiara West said. I wanted her to see perspective, Kiara's mother Kim said. The family traveled more than one hour from Ajax for a visit with Chris Kringle. Is that what he calls himself? To see a black Santa really says it's possible for her to be anything. What? Some fat asshole in a suit? In a red suit? The possibilities are endless. My daughter is Colombian and Chinese. The other night at bedtime, she told me she can't be beautiful because her skin skin isn't white. That was so hard to hear, Moreno said. Okay. That's why it's important to bring my family here. People of color make up more than 50% of Toronto's population. I don't understand why it's so hard to find Santas that represent us. What? The fact that a kid could look at me and think I could be Santa too enforces that Santa... I don't even give a fuck. Holy fuck. The news is fake news. Fake fucking news. You know... Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Like, I've been using news as part of the story on Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, but it's so hard to stomach. Like, is that fucking news a black Santa Claus? Give me a fucking break, you know? Oh, I see myself in Santa Claus. Now the possibilities are endless. You know, it's just a symptom of anxiety. That's how I see it. You know, like... Instead of just 
bearing down, doing you, doing what you need to do, getting through the day. Now you're looking for motivation from Santa Claus? Like, yo, just do you. Just do you, baby. All right? And, you know, going forward, thank you very much for tuning in to Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast. There's been some ups and downs, smiles and frowns. Generally speaking, it's been a blessing. There's always room for growth. And going forward into 2020 and closing out the end of this year, I'm just going to remain thankful, um, you know, remain self-reliant, and I'm going to confront my anxiety. And, you know, I don't even have anxiety. Really what it is, it's, it's when, you know, you don't listen to that inner voice. And you're too aware of the shit around you. And you're too involved in the fucking fake news of society. And you, you become wrapped up in the world's drama. That's when the anxiety can really tear at you. And you know what? God bless that young lady there. If, if, if seeing a black Santa Claus makes her feel jolly, then good for her. Um, I hope that stupid fucking hockey-playing moron cop can learn from his outburst and go forward and be a useful person in society, a useful, a useful law enforcement officer. Whatever the fuck needs to happen with Donald Trump, let's just have it sorted out. Let's move on to a better day. And here we are, two-year anniversary, and um, I hope you enjoyed the um, Twas the Night Before Christmas little... Um, recording audio play that I'm going to put that I did put at the beginning of this episode you know and you know what going forward just too too blessed to stress and hallelujah it's your old chuckle buddy guess who Jonathan James Ramtran reporting live for duty on this magnificent December 9th in the year of our lord 2019 hey if you're aware of the show Let me know what you would like to see happen. Let me know if you have any ideas going forward into 2019, 2020. If you have any ideas for me, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. All right. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. I... Ha ha ha